0: Welcome to the Eat Scripture podcast. This is Tina and Eric Robinson. We are excited today to continue in second Kings.
1: We are this is going to be in the last right
0: confusing.
1: (laughs) Yes, Uh, because it
0: was very confusing to me. (laughs) Um, And
1: it would even be good if you could find a good kind of a chart showing you the line of kings in Israel and Judah so that you can kind of compare 'Cause it'll it'll go everywhere from Solomon, you know, start right after Solomon, and then you've got the split in that continues in David's line in Judah, and then the line of kings that starts with Jehoram in or Jehoram that starts with Jeroboam in North Israel. And that's what we've been watching um as we've been in Ahab's line is that North Israel time. And so here we are. And we're going to watch as a couple of more Judah kings come to the throne. Uh, and also we're comparing that to what's still going on in North Israel at the time. And that's where we're going to get confused because these names are about right. to run headlong into one another. Right. And
0: that's what's so confusing. They have, Some yep. of them got the same names
1: and, yep. <clears throat> and, and
0: they're doing things together. Yes. They're not staying separate and... Yes. So that gets
1: now actually we're with Peter Lightheart on this, I think that that there's a spiritual reason why mm-hmm. we can see through this to spiritual things that are happening.
0: Right. That made a lot um, of sense to me. That yes. um and we can talk about yes, that. Yes, which we is what we'll talk about. I but think. um it helped to me because I was like, Good not, weren't there more names to pick from? Why do they have <laughs> exactly. to start naming them? You know, the exactly morning.
1: the same, yes, and
0: making it confusing What's for us to read. <laughs> Weren't they thinking of us?
1: Yes. So when people say the Bible <laughs> is confusing, yes, it can yeah, be definitely can confusing, be. and um, this is one of those places. We're going to try and help you sort it out a little bit, and maybe even get to some reasons why. Um, watch a sovereign hand at work, but let's. Yeah, do I think that. it's cool
0: when you can see why there's the confusion. Maybe that even in itself has a meaning.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. So exactly so maybe it's confusing the reader sort of intentionally in the sense that it's given mm-hmm. you a sense of how much confusion there is in israel and judah at the time right and
0: yeah no, you're giving it away already
1: but we will dig <laughs> into this some more so okay. first thing we can do though is start by reading chapter 8 verse 16 through 24.
0: In the fifth year of Joram, the son of Ahab, king of Israel, when Jehoshaphat was king of Judah, Jehoram, the son of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, began to reign. He was 32 years old when he became king, and he reigned eight years in Jerusalem. And he walked in the way of the kings of Israel, as the house of Ahab had done. For the daughter of Ahab was his wife, and he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. Yet the Lord was not willing to destroy Judah for the sake of David, his servant, since he promised to give a lamp to him and to his sons forever. In his days, Edom revolted from the rule of Judah and set up a king of their own. Then Joram passed over to Zaire Zaire, Mm -hmm. uh, with all his chariots and rose by night. And he and his chariot commander struck the Edomites who had surrounded him, but his army fled home. Mm -hmm. So Edom revolted from the rule of Judah to this day. Then Libna revolted at the same time. Now the rest of the acts of Joram and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? So Joram slept with his sons and was buried with his father in the city of David. And Ahaziah, his son, reigned in his place.
1: Well, this is what we were talking about, (laughs) because here we are getting into Jehoram's reign here. And this is Jehoram reigning in Judah. Now, we already have been seeing Jehoram, Joram's reign in Israel. Right. For quite a while.
0: And what's even more confusing is that here they call Jehoram in Israel, Joram.
1: Right. And so we've got really both of these names can be written and said both ways. Right. Both can be Jehoram, Joram.
0: A shortened term version. Of.
1: That's right. It's just a shortened version in the Hebrew. Uh-huh. Exactly. So and that's
0: confusing, too, that they're calling him not Jehoram every time, but sometimes Joram. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then these two guys have the same name, and they're yep one of them's in Israel and one of them's in Judah.
1: Exactly. On the throne at the same time, as you can see in verse 16. Because that's what it right. says. Jehoram, the son of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, began to reign at the time when Jehoram, the son of Ahab, is actually on the throne. Mm -hmm. That's the first part of the verse in Israel. Oh, okay. Well, that's easy. If
0: you can Um, find a chart, which a lot of Bibles do have them, of the kings, yeah,
1: some Bibles you'll be able to
0: see that, and it makes a little makes it a little bit easier.
1: Yes, it does, because Jehoram. uh, You know, just looking at a chart that I. Keep with me here. Um, Jehoram in Israel, who's already on the throne, came to the throne in about 852 B.C. Jehoram, who is now coming to the throne in Judah, is going to come to the throne in about 848 or so. I mean, these numbers get a little weird when you're trying to put them exactly uh, down. But anyway, so yes, so we have a Jehoram and a Jehoram that are about to reign on these thrones at the same time. Now, something we need to say here is we notice that Ahab's son was named Jehoram and he was come to the throne after Ahab in Israel. Jehoshaphat's son here is named Jehoram. He's about to come to the throne in Judah. We've already watched as Jehoshaphat has had uh, really strong, really close dealings with Ahab's line. Almost lost his life at the same time Ahab lost his on the battlefield together because Jehoshaphat went out with Ahab when he really shouldn't have. And we also find that Jehoshaphat even later goes out again with Ahab's son, Jehoram. On the battlefield. Right. It's obviously Jehoshaphat has this great desire that Israel be reunited as one nation. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways you would do this is getting the families closer to your Royal families you need to be tied mm-hmm. together. This could lead Work to together. Let's the try eventual to get back unity. Together. Yep. Right. So you have this intermarriage thing going on. You have, oh, your right. daughter should marry my son, kind of thing. Which so is exactly Ahab what we see. gave his daughter
0: to. Jehoshaphat's
1: son, correct.
0: So there's even they are related
1: here. Mm -hmm. Yep, Um, exactly.
0: Which is complicating because I guess this Jehoshaphat in Judah, his wife would have been at least a half sister. Yes. To Jehoram, who's on the
1: at least a half sister
0: on the throne on the
1: throne in Israel may have been a full sister. We don't know. That's right. We don't know. It just tells us in verse 18 that she was the daughter of Ahab. Uh Well, Jehoram is the son of Ahab. Now, usually these kings have more than one woman that they're having kids through. So so you're right, they don't have to be full full brother and sister, but they are half brother and sister at least. And the fact is it's Ahab's blood in both of them. Uh And Ahab's daughter now marries. We don't know if it was, like we're saying, we don't know if it was Jezebel's daughter, but Ahab's daughter now marries. Into the royal line of Judah, mm-hmm. so now I've got this really weird interplay here, um, where the where the two groups of people, two people groups who are tied to Yahweh, uh, are are both getting mixed with this Ahab thinking, Ahab ideal, mm-hmm. Ahab house. Which, which of course, plays into more than just, you know, being related physically, genetically. The whole, when the Bible right. tells us this, it has to do everything with spiritual things that are happening mm-hmm. to mix these peoples together. Right. I mean, it
0: says he walked in the way of the kings of Israel.
1: Right. That's the as problem. the house
0: of Ahab had done.
1: Yep. And he did what was is. evil
0: in the sight of the Lord.
1: Yep. Yep
0: because the daughter of Ahab was his wife it's his four I yep. mean it's
1: just and and God is gonna
0: that this is a problem
1: yep it is a huge problem and yet God verse 19 the Lord Yahweh is still not willing to destroy Judah why
0: because of David
1: for David's sake exactly. he made a promise he to made David. a promise to David that he's gonna keep and he's going to do it yeah. even though this is really getting out of control and judah should see judah should see what's happening in israel and not be getting so tied together with them and what they're doing all the Baal worship all the things that are going on but jehoshaphat who we've seen already is a good king and who who has a desire to serve yahweh and does generally speaking a good you know a fairly good job of it however his achilles heel seems to be that he wants Unity as much as anything else he desires which, uh, for God's people.
0: Which I mean, I think God
1: wants wanted that, unity, wants unity for his people, right?
0: Unity is a good thing, right? But not when you are unifying over the wrong thing.
1: That's right. At um, what cost is always right. the question.
0: Because they're they're sacrificing the good things Mm -hmm. to be a part of what's going on in Israel, Mm -hmm. uh, which we know is all wrong. Yes. They're worshiping not in Jerusalem, not at the temple They're Mm -hmm. They have golden calves set up for people to go worship. That's right. And are worshiping Baals even. Mm -hmm. And so getting tied up in that is the wrong way to unify.
1: Right. That's right. You cannot give up true Yahweh worship just for the sake of unity even with your brothers and sisters, which is what Jehoshaphat would consider them. These are our Israelite brothers and sisters. These are all, we should right. be all one under God. So unity, 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 but at what cost? And that always becomes our question. Now this right. becomes our question in the kingdom today. This, you want application for a, for a passage, and here this it is, is. huge, yes. I mean, this is, Where and, and this is not going to be easier, easy conversations or easy understandings to reach, but we're going to have to have the hard conversations that go, okay, where, where are the lines drawn? When is it too far to push for unity? When am I giving up something that is tied to Yahweh's character that right. I'm really willing to jettison uh, in order for just to have unity? Or is it really a am I really on a on an issue that's not a salvation issue, something we don't need to hammer uh, on? It's are we okay. dividing
0: over the wrong things? That's are right. we coming together over the wrong
1: things? That's right. And
0: that's just and that's a what huge we have to ask. in the church and we need to really be prayerful and mindful of that because Mm -hmm. we can get quickly confused and taken in all kinds of wrong directions.
1: Yes. So Um, for the sake of unity that we, we have to, we have to consider these things. And, and so I think it's a highly important and it's not going to be easy, uh, but it is something we have to do because we we're just watching here as a, as a good King, We're seeing the failings of what happened over time. We're going to watch as as we walk through these next texts. And like we were saying
0: before we started this, the names, the confusion over who's who, and they're all inter, now they're intermarrying and Mm -hmm. there's all this confusion. Yep. Um, I think that there's a reason for that. Mm -hmm. I think it's letting us uh, see in every way.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That this is a problem. They've gotten confused. They don't need, Judah doesn't even know who they are anymore. Yeah. They're so wound up in the stuff that's going on in Israel. Mm-hmm. So, Correct. so, so then they have.
1: When we watch, yeah, in the next paragraph, is that yeah, where you're going? Yeah. Yep. Next paragraph, Edom and Libna uh, are revolting in the next paragraph.
0: Right. And these are places
1: that have been subject to, uh, rule for a long time. And yet now they're revolting. This is a spiritual, this, this is one of the spiritual consequences or the consequences you, you could say of their spiritual decisions and choices they're making. That's what this is. That's why this is here. It's not just to tell us, Hey, during those days, there was a revolt uh of some of those who were subject to israel yep. now it's telling us this because god is bringing this about because of the degradation that's taking place spiritually in judah eda they are losing control of edom they are losing control of libna libna was a city that we find out in joshua 21 13 was given to the levites when they had fir- when hmm. they were first conquering and the it's land. very
0: close there to the philistine territory mm-hmm. right yep. so they kind of needed to to keep
1: yep. that land. Yep, keep control earth. of it, because yeah. it yep, it helps them on their border there to defend. But by but so the loss of control of these territories is just a sign that things are not spiritually well in right. Israel. Things right. are not like they should, or in Judah, let's say. Things are not like they should right. be. And that's why their land is being whittled down. God is reducing their territory. Reducing their, this comes down to sovereign control. God is sovereignly reducing their territory because they're making bad spiritual choices.
0: Right. Yeah. He's not going to take it all away because of David. Right. But
1: he but can. But is he still showing them, hey, mm-hmm. this this results. I there, mean, there's bad it results feels like
0: a um, warning.
1: It is. I think without question, like you're right. All, it all is of this can warning. be taken away. Yep. Yeah. So that's why we're being told this has a reason for being in the text. It is not superfluous material. And then, uh, and then, this is the only thing they're going to tell us about specific give us specifics about what happened during Jehoram's reign, right because there.
0: Because he died because of that. He mm-hmm. went to try to squash this revolt yep. and uh, got killed. Right. Yep.
1: Uh, yep. Because <clears throat> he went over to Zaire and uh, and had a fight, and um, it, his army fled, of course, uh, and they make it back home, but Edom yeah. is. Edom is not under their rule anymore, neither is Libna. So the rest of the acts of Jehoram, what he did, you can go read those elsewhere, the writer says. Go with that yeah, somewhere right. else. But he's concerned but
0: with the spiritual the implications. The spiritual
1: implications. Oh, yeah. That's right. And so that's what these are. So then Jehoram or Joram, Jehoram of Judah sleeps with his fathers. After his eight years are over, he's gonna be done. And, and we're going to watch Ahaziah, his son, who would be, naturally, the grandson, then, of Ahab, yeah. come to the throne. <coughs> grandson of Ahab and great-grandson of Omri. So, let's look at verse 25 through the end of the chapter.
0: Okay. In the twelfth year of Joram, the son of Ahab, king of Israel, Ahaziah, the son of Jehoram, king of Judah, began to reign. Ahaziah was 22 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned one year in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Athaliah. She was a granddaughter of Omri, king of Israel. He also walked in the way of the house of Ahab and did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, as the house of Ahab had done, for he was the son-in-law to the house of Ahab. He went with Joram, the son of Ahab, to make war against Haziel, king of Syria, at Ramoth Gilead, and the Syrians wounded Joram. And king Joram returned to be healed in Jezreel of the wounds that the Syrians had given him at Ramah when he fought against Haziel, king of Syria. And Ahaziah, the son of Jehoram, king of Judah, went down to see Joram, the son of Ahab, in Jezreel. Because he was sick.
1: Okay, so if you're all, if you're seeing the name Ahaziah, and you're like, wait a second, haven't we seen a Ahaziah before? You're right, you have, and it was in North Israel. Mm-hmm. This Amaziah is in Judah. In North Israel, it was Amaziah, the son of Ahab.
0: Ahaziah, not Amaziah.
1: I'm sorry, Ahaziah. <laughs> There's an Amaziah coming. We're trying to. Oh, okay. I'm so confused. Ahaziah, the son of Ahab was in the northern kingdom. And then he died shortly. He died quickly. That was this is at the very end of 1 Kings and beginning of 2nd Kings. That's where we see Ahaziah on the throne. And when he dies, his brother is Jehoram. His brother, because he had no sons. That's so right. his brother That's Jehoram right. comes to the throne. This is Ahab's other son, who's come to the throne. That's what's happening in North Israel. Now several years have gone by and we're into Jehoram of North Israel's reign. Mm -hmm. And in that reign is where Jehoram of South Israel, as we just saw, came to the throne and also died all during the reign of Jehoram of North Israel. Jehoram of of Judah came to the throne and died. Eight years he spent on the throne and then he died and then his son Ahaziah
0: See so confusing
1: <laughs> His son Ahaziah comes to the throne and <laughs> in Judah and we're yes. told right away when we see him that this is in the 12th year of Joram or Jehoram, north, Joram it. Jehoram of North Israel that he comes to the throne where his dad has just died And so, and
0: he's only going to reign for one year. He's 22 years old. Yep. So we know already something,
1: something drastic must be happening this year because we know Jehoram also is going to die this year. If we have kept up with what's happening, then we know way back from chapter three, verse one, that Jehoram is going to die in his 12th year. Okay. And so, if that's true, then we find we also find out here that Ahaziah is only going to be one year on old. Whoa, both kings are going to die this year. What's going yeah. on? Why so is you're that? If you are paying attention, you are going to
0: see uh, it's getting ominous here. Yes,
1: lots of ominous things. Your should your your mind is is worrying at this point.
0: And it points out again that Ahaziah is he's walking in the evil ways of mm-hmm, Ahab's mm-hmm. family, even yep. though he is in Judah. Yep, but he is. His mother is the Mm -hmm. granddaughter of Omri, the daughter of Ahab.
1: So Ahaziah's mother is granddaughter to Omri. We already know that she's actually the daughter of Ahab. Right. So it's just pointing out again
0: that these, this, it's all related. Lines are all tied. So when it says he went with Jehoram. To make war against Haziel, Mm -hmm. we already have talked about some. Yep. We'll talk about again. Right. Uh, The king of Syria, because he's this king that Elisha has anointed. Right. Who's not even an Israelite. Not
1: an Israelite. Non-Israelite. Gentile. uh, Anointed
0: him king of Syria. Yep. So these two kings are going to war against the Syrian king. That's right. And Jehoram is injured.
1: And Jehoram is injured during the battle. Jehoram's and so they injured. take
0: him to Jezreel mm-hmm. to heal him up. To
1: heal up, correct. So there was there would have been a palace in Jezreel, you know, a secondary palace for the king, uh, besides Samaria. Would and apparently
0: in Jezebel is still living in
1: That's right, in there. Jezreel. Jezreel. That's where she lives.
0: Uh so, but Jeho- uh Ahaziah. hmm Goes to see him. there. That's
1: right. Going to go visit him while he recuperates,
0: which I guess makes sense. But it makes it even more sense because it's his uncle.
1: Uh, in a sense, yes, absolutely. It's it's definitely they were, they are connected. They're allies. Way. They're brothers. But they're also the, or their um, his dad. So so again,
0: yeah. He's his uh, uncle.
1: Ahaziah's dad, or or granddad. I'm sorry, would have been. Jehoshaphat, on one side, Mm -hmm. that's who he is, uh, or anyway, that's who his granddad is, Um, but we also know he's got Ahab's blood in him, Mm -hmm. too, and so he's also connected, very connected, by blood, to Jehoram. Right. Uh, who is dying now, and they both, you know, went to battle together. Well, it
0: doesn't say he's dying, it just
1: as he's printing. Yeah, it doesn't say he's dying. He's just recuperating, right? It doesn't say he's dying. He's just recuperating. Yeah. I'm <laughs> reading too much into the text. So, Haziel, though, is the one who caused this. Now, if I'm really an astute reader, which I have to tell you, this was pointed out to me. It's not like I got this on the first time or anything. (laughs) Thank you for getting
0: that.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. I'm not that astute. Uh, And and I have to read it 10 times, maybe 20 times uh, on my own before I get anything good like this. But Haziel, as you've already pointed out, has been anointed. And if we go back and read where God first told Elijah to anoint haziel that was in first kings 1917. Right,
0: right
1: and so at the end of first kings 19 we've waited a long time to see haziel get anointed haziel get told mm-hmm. he was going to be the king and when he was like we were talking about last time this is our last podcast verse seven and following it's in up, the, the first same part chapter, of chapter eight that's right, right it's exactly. setting us
0: up so we know who this is
1: mm-hmm. and elisha was crying because he knew that haziel was going to wreak havoc in uh, Israel's territory and really kill a lot of Israelites and do it in a very destructive way. But if we go back to that original time when God said Haziel needs to be anointed, we're going to find out that whoever escapes the sword of Haziel will face the sword of Jehu. And we
0: don't and even know who Jehu is. We but. have
1: not even been introduced to him yet, but we know there's somebody on the, the, you know, on the horizon who's going to take care of those who... Escape Haziel's sword. Well, that's Johor Jehoram just managed to escape with his life from a battle with Haziel. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, uh oh, my antenna are up now. Wait a second. If you escape from Haziel's sword, there's trouble coming somewhere. Mm-hmm. So now what? So I'm yeah. I'm all of this is woven together. God's been planning this judgment for a long time. And here, you know, it's finally coming down like you promised it would. So now I'm, I'm, my interest is peaked because I'm thinking about Jehu and what must be coming. So I'm going to go into that next. Um, yeah, today's
0: podcast may be a little short because we just, this needs to be, (laughs) I don't know. Um, I'm not even looking at the time, but we, It's too big of a section to start the next one. Right.
1: We won't start the next one. Really going to get serious about who Jehu is and why he's uh, coming in so heavy like he is in chapters 9 and 10. It's going to be huge what he does. Um, Very significant for the text and for the spiritual welfare of God's people. But what we're seeing here, obviously the setup to it, we're already having plenty of clues um, right. As to why things are coming like they are, and how God is bringing this judgment upon the house of Ahab, like He is, and the the weirdness is that both thrones are tied to the house right. of Ahab, and right they now.
0: don't have to be. The thing is that when God said that that Ahab's that the Omrid dynasty would end, yes, with Ahab's son, right. I mean, it seems to me like Judah would have listened. It seems a lot like of Judah would have listened and distanced themselves. This it is does. not a good thing. We don't need to be involved. Mm-hmm. But instead they kept getting even closer, mm-hmm. it seems. Correct. And yeah. so they're going to have consequences for that.
1: Yes, consequences will come for having tied yourselves so closely to the line of Ahab. So consequences so, are gonna fall. And on I guess Judah for us also
0: the church uh, there are consequences who we tie
1: ourselves to good and bad yep when we see this kingdom of god israel acting as the kingdom of god in history we should be looking at it typologically as well as other ways typologically and going okay what bigger picture is it telling about christ's kingdom Mm -hmm. there's also a kingdom under him that is you know active dynamic growing right. shrinking whatever it is it never shrinks that's the cool part about jesus's kingdom it never shrinks but it is a very fluid thing things are happening right. actions are being taken it may decisions look like are it's being shrinking. made right yes and so but when you're seeing it here yeah we're watching this and we're going oh just like as this was a prelude to where god's great mission was going in Christ. We're also seeing what we, what choices we get to make today, as we live in God's kingdom. Are we marrying ourselves uh, to things we shouldn't? Are we being involved in things we yeah. shouldn't? What have we done to cause spiritual either growth or decay, as it were? Something mm-hmm. bad happening in God's kingdom because He's let us, you know, have some room there to make choices, yeah, make choices. and to bring things. But ultimately, He will sovereignly there will as be he always does. yes um expunge the evil uh as he wills and so and connections so, matter mm-hmm.
0: what we connect ourselves to matters yes so yes. we just need to be really prayerful about yes. those things very and, prayerful
1: i would say that's the uh, big thing and discerning sure. he yep. gives
0: us discernment mm-hmm. you know?
1: mm-hmm. so
0: i i do look at this and i'm like man sh- i mean They should have seen this but we also have done the same thing we've
1: done things that we have not taken into account uh for what they truly are too yeah so it's an easy thing to make bad choices it's a harder thing to be very prayerful like you're saying and very discerning and really taking god's Mm -hmm. uh all of those considerations in mind before we make those decisions
0: i'm so thankful that we have these stories straight from him Mm -hmm that we we really don't have any excuse that right. we can look back and if we're really prayerful and thoughtful
1: mm-hmm. we
0: can see he's been telling us ahead of time yeah what we need to do yeah. and it doesn't mean we're never going to miss it right we are but we do have this as a guide
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so man this is great uh, I actually love this. Part of scripture, even though it's kind of confusing, it's it really confusing. interesting to watch at Watch from a, don't get
0: frustrated by that, though. Right? It's it was a confusing time, they were confusing what was right and what was wrong.
1: Yes, which, like we had said, when we started mm-hmm. kind of the way this is written, maybe to give Judah us started a looking
0: too much like Israel. Yes, they even were naming themselves the same names, and yeah. Um,
1: Part of, that, part of that confusion that Israel was having on a spiritual level was, is being passed along to us just in the very way mm-hmm. this is written right. so that we can get a feel for, Oh, things are just so weird. Out of step. whack. Why are yeah. they? Yes. So, okay. We're keeping that in mind as we go. Uh, really great to talk to y'all this week. We will talk about Jehu next week and how God is bringing this one in as a hammer, so to speak mm-hmm. to, um, I'm excited to talk about that. Um, Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. So we'll look at that topologically too. Uh, Great to talk to y'all. Thanks for joining us. We hope y'all all have a great week. Stay in the word. God bless.